You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadulu. Welcome back, everyone, to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadulu, and today... With week two of the NFL preseason, mostly in the books, we still have Commanders and Ravens tonight for some Monday Night Football. I am going through my takeaways from this past weekend slate of games, giving you 10 in total altogether. These are highlights of players or maybe groups altogether, entire teams, whatever it may be, just some big things that I took away from this past weekend's game. So make sure you comment down below, of course. Give me your takeaways. Share your thoughts on mine. I would love to discuss with you all, but diving right in, the very first person I would like to mention here, and I've been watching him closely all preseason so far, has got to be wide receiver Austin Watkins of the Cleveland Browns. He has been having a massive preseason since the Hall of Fame game, and at this point here, he is clearly a step above the defensive back competition that he has been lining up against so far this preseason. He finished off this game this past weekend with the Eagles, seven receptions, 139 yards. He had a touchdown to boot. He was average just about 20 yards per reception with five of those receptions going for first downs. He needs to be on an NFL roster. And honestly, the Cleveland Browns need to make sure they do not let this guy walk because if he's not here, he's going somewhere else. I personally believe he could easily fill in the wide receiver five or six role for this team, maybe even scrape a little bit higher up on that depth chart. He has just been leaps and bounds better than anyone he's been lining up against. So you have to think in a relief role where he's maybe going against cornerback number three or four on an opposing team's depth chart, he could have himself some strong matchups and be able to eat this season. So At this point, if you're the Cleveland Browns, do not let this guy walk. You need to make sure he stays on your roster come the fall. But if not, I don't really have any doubts he's going to wind up being on some 53-man roster somewhere once all the cuts start happening. Second thing I would like to discuss with you all, and this one focuses on the Jaguars' running back room and just how loaded this group actually is. For all the talk and excitement that the Jaguars are getting right now in regards to what their passing game can look like with Calvin Ridley joining the fray, I am looking at this running back room and thinking to myself, wow, the passing game obviously can be very exciting. This is a big year for Trevor Lawrence going into year three now. How much further can he make a leap after his first season under Doug Peterson? But third round pick Tank Bigsby this preseason so far, averaging 5.5 yards per carry off of the 22 carries he has for 122 yards. And then Dearness Johnson himself, averaging 6.1 yards per carry. He has 11 carries on the preseason with 67 total yards and a couple of touchdowns that he had this past week against the Lions. I know the talk is the passing game and we're in a passing league right now, but You have Travis Etienne, who's leading the way, who looked really good in his first actual season last year because he missed the entire first year of his career to that Frank injury. And now you have a guy like third-round pick Tank Bigsby who's coming in and looking really strong with his runs. Dearness Johnson has been a very good like second or third option for the majority of his career at this point, so I'm not really surprised to see him thriving over there in Jacksonville as well. The offensive line in Jacksonville also has a ton of continuity. They've been together for a while. This is a recipe for a very successful offense here. Like, yes, praise the passing game all you want and be excited about it, but do not be surprised if you're looking at a three-headed monster in the backfield being able to rip teams for chunks after chunks after chunks. Every single one of these guys on this roster, if it winds up being, let's say, Tank Bigsby, Dearness Johnson, 
and Travis Etienne as your three running backs. If they added a fourth, I don't know, but it feels like they'll probably be running three. You have guys that could all easily average four and a half to five yards per carry come season start. Next group I'll be looking at here as my third takeaway, and this one's a big concern for me here, and it's got to be the depth of the defense of the Arizona Cardinals. I understand we're not watching all their starters play right now. This is the time of year where we're trying to figure out what the meat and potatoes of the roster is going to look like, but based off what I just saw from them this past weekend, I am a little bit concerned. This is a Cardinals defense that's dealing with already like key losses as starters are concerned, especially when it comes to the defensive front here. J.J. Watt obviously highlighting that group of losses this offseason but on top of that you're trying to figure out who just the depth of this roster is going to be and when you have Casey's backup offense coming in for 500 plus yards averaging 8.7 yards per play and dropping 38 points on you it does not look good I hate to be the person that kind of like stacks on to teams that are down and in the rough but I am really concerned with how this defense in Arizona is going to look this year. Aside from like a couple of players here or there throughout the defense, like sprinkled in, there is not a ton to really love about the unit, especially especially once you start to look beyond the starters. And I mean, I know they held Denver to 17 points and 300 yards or so last week, but... I mean, the jury's kind of still out on what that offense is. I know I was kind of talking last week about how, you know, the Denver offense could work and maybe it is going to be potentially successful, but we don't necessarily know that. That was all speculation. Am I really going to sit here and pound the table and say, yeah, Sean Payton's going to fix Denver? Absolutely not. Possibly, especially because they've looked at least a little bit better than what we saw last year so far in the preseason, but who knows what that really amounts to once the season actually starts. But, I mean, you basically had a tackle for loss and a pass defense as like any sort of significant sort of defensive statistics and the entire game, it just felt like this Cardinals defense was just trying to survive for four quarters. And I'm a little bit concerned about what Arizona might be fielding this year. And especially when guys come in for relief, just how scary things might get for the defense going through, especially some of the tougher portions of their schedule. My fourth takeaway here and one that I kind of hammered home already last week, but I'm going to double down on it is going to be quarterback Aiden O'Connell of the Las Vegas Raiders. I truly believe that he has a legitimate shot to snatch away the backup quarterback role from Brian Hoyer here. His accuracy is great. He does have a throw here or there that maybe can be a little spotty, but for the most part, he is pinpoint with all of his throws here. He had a fantastic 40-yard strike to Trey Tucker right in the bucket between a safety and a corner. It was a beautiful play. If you did not watch the Raiders game, go back and check out Aiden O'Connell because even in the plays where maybe things didn't necessarily look perfect from him, he still looks really good with his pocket presence, with where he's putting the football, who he's choosing to put the football to. It's just been very impressive. His decision-making, he had a nice 22-yard back shoulder throw to Trey Tucker. was a little bit out wide and was a really tough catch for Tucker to make but I mean he just looked very comfortable very much in control he has pressure coming in his face and he's still willing to take that shot and deliver a good strike I am very very high on this fourth round rookie here and I really really think he has a chance at snatching up that backup quarterback spot for the Las Vegas Raiders don't be too surprised if Brian Hoyer is the one walking I know he has tenure with uh, uh excuse me I'm Josh McDaniels is what I'm trying to say here. I almost said like three different McDaniels before that. I know he has tenure within his offense, but Aiden O'Connell really feels like he might have something in him. 
Next person I'd like to talk about here. This is going to be my fifth takeaway of this past week. We're looking at defensive end of the New Orleans Saints. I believe it is Nico Lalos or Lelos. I don't necessarily know the pronunciation of his name, but he may very well have locked up a 53-man roster spot here with the game he just had. Going on for three sacks, five tackles altogether, four of them being for a loss and even batted down a pass. One of those sacks being a big fourth down sack that completely destroyed a drive in the beginning of the fourth quarter. And then he had back-to-back sacks later on in the fourth quarter where he essentially should have shut down that drive for the Chargers as well had it not been for a killer 39-yard pass on fourth down to convert. But I mean, overall, for a team that is looking right now at a a very different defensive front because you look at guys that they let go in this offseason, whether it's David Onyemata or Caden Ellis, Shai Tuttle, Marcus Davenport, there are a lot of people moving on from this roster and this D-line. And so you're going to have a vastly different looking group here. And you should be looking under every single rock possible to find some sort of, whether it's playmaker to start or even just a depth piece guy. And for someone like Lelos to come in and have a big game like this, I know that last week wasn't necessarily a big one for him, but to come in and do what he did this past weekend against the Chargers, have to be really excited for him. Not quite sure if he's going to make the roster, but if you ask me a performance like that, you definitely have to get some strong consideration here. And he may have just locked himself up a spot with the Saints with that performance and considering the situation they are in with their defensive line. Next person we're looking at here, and I'm excited for this one because I live in New England, and this is somebody that disappeared last year. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne is back. Somebody who found himself in the doghouse of Matt Patricia last year, and quite honestly, I can't believe that that was even something that was, like, I can't believe that that's something I'm saying right now. For Matt Patricia, a D coordinator, to have a doghouse, to put a talented wide receiver in who shined in the first season that he had with the New England Patriots made absolutely no sense for me. And with so much conversation right now going on with rookies Demario Douglas and Kayshawn Booty, who just had that massive touchdown catch this past weekend, This is somebody that the Patriots really need to have a bounce back year and to carve out his role that he began working on in his first season with New England and basically just had taken away from him last season. He had four targets, so there's a clear directive to get him the football when Mac Jones is under center here. You saw the way the offense was kind of going to be geared, and with four targets and three receptions for 34 yards against the Packers, highlighted by a really nice 17-yard grab right before Mac Jones fumbled on a sack, I'm very excited to see what Kendrick Bourne can do here in year three in New England and with a new opportunity. Because if you look at the first season he had back in 2021, 70 catches, 800 yards, five touchdowns, maybe not wide receiver one numbers, but very serviceable and effective numbers to say the least. So happy to see him getting his opportunity again. Somebody that I don't think should have had taken away from him last year. And I'm hoping for the best here in this third season with New England. Now, Looking at the team that they faced this weekend, I'm going to swap over to the Green Bay Packers here, and we're going to talk about Jordan Love. Last week, I really, I praised pretty much the entire skill talent that this team has. They're young, and I'm a little bit concerned about that, but there is a plethora of talent around him. But now Jordan Love, after back-to-back weeks that he looked really strong and honestly very poised in the pocket for what we've seen so far in his career up to this point, I'm actually kind of excited to see just what this Packers offense could do. A lot of people are really high on the defense right now, and the uncertainty surrounds offense in large part because you have so many young players, especially at the quarterback spot with Jordan Love having, what is it, like 83 career uh, passing attempts so far at this point. 
But you look at that 81-yard scoring drive. There was a couple of plays that really stood out to me. First one, it was a slightly short throw, but he's trusting a guy in Romeo Dubs who's basically shown that he is a playmaker. He can go up and make those plays. Pass could have been a little bit better and maybe thrown a little bit further in front of him, but it was a nice 42-yard strike to Romeo Dubs that got turned over. It was initially called incomplete, but turned over and was called complete. Fantastic catch by Dobbs, mind you. And then he also had a fantastic touchdown pass to second round pick Jaden Reed. And that's the one that I really, really want to highlight here because he put that ball in the absolute perfect place, led Jaden Reed, and it, it, there was nowhere better for that ball to be. It put him right in stride, right in front of the end zone for him to take it in, beat his man. It was perfect. And at this point now, Working with a young core, he's 12 of 18, 132 yards, two touchdowns, no picks so far. Jordan Love's making a strong case for maybe having a at least solid year. Maybe he's not going to light the world on fire, but if he even comes out and just has a strong first year as a starter and it's not blow the world away type season, that's going to be a lot more than what his critics are expecting to see. So I'm really excited for Jordan Love and the Packers here. I think things are starting to look a little bit better than they did maybe right around when Aaron Rodgers was predicted to be leaving Green Bay and then the ultimate trade that led to him being in New York. Next, we're looking at a team that the Green Bay Packers seem to hate to see in the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers and wide receiver Ronnie Bell, a diamond that you could say has a little bit of rough to him, but one that could be very exciting if he can clean up some mistakes. Now, he's a seventh-round pick, not somebody you expect to really light the world on fire, somebody who could even be argued as like a fringe roster guy. But he showed some serious playmaking ability, but there was some things about what he was doing in the game that also made me a little bit worried. Now, the highlights first, 7 of 9. He had 114 yards this past weekend. Fantastic 43-yard catch and run as well. He showed a willingness to make grabs, go over the middle, and take the hits that he was going to take going over the middle. Those are all the things you want to see. He was a workhorse for the 49ers this weekend here. But the two things that really worried me was that tipped pass that just basically flew off his hands into a defensive back's hands. It ended up being an interception. And then he also dropped the ball early in the game after a reception, dropped it on the ground. San Francisco recovered. Wasn't a, wasn't a fumbled loss, but it was a fumble nonetheless. A lot of good things from Ronnie Bell. And this is a seventh round pick. Again, we're talking about mistakes are going to be made. Nobody expects to be perfect. But if he can clean up those mistakes... San Francisco might have hit on Ronnie Bell here. He has some very exciting playmaking ability that is only going to add to a roster that is just filled with talent at this point. Love what I saw from him. Sticking in the NFC East for my ninth takeaway here, we're looking at Seattle Seahawks edge rusher Tyreek Smith, a fifth-round pick out of Ohio State last year who missed all of his rookie campaign with a hip injury. Going up against Dallas, had himself quite a game, and this is one of those just kind of like feel-good kind of games where I'm really excited to see this for him. He had eight tackles, two for a loss. He had a sack and a quarterback hit, having himself a really big game and a kind of don't-forget-about-me type of game. He has a really long battle in Seattle in terms of just trying to get himself onto a roster. You already have a pretty deep group of edge rushers along with some other fringe roster guys that you're fighting up against. Levi Bell of the USFL being a guy who made some noise last weekend. So Seattle, really deep group in terms of edge rushing. They're probably going to look for like maybe a fifth edge rusher 
I don't know about a six, but you're going to need to have a fifth. I feel like the first four spots are kind of spoken for right now, but he does have an opportunity to be that fringe guy. And if not with a game like this, you at least make some noise, put some stuff on tape that other teams can see. Should you not make the roster ultimately and maybe be considered elsewhere, but happy to see him have a really good game. Again, tough roster to really make with just how deep the edge rushing position is over there in Seattle, but a good game for him. Nonetheless, I wanted to make sure he got a little bit of attention here. And then for my final takeaway here, and this is one that I think the New York Giants really need to have work out for them, and that's going to be wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, the third-round pick out of Tennessee who brings some awesome speed to this offense here and an offense that just really was afraid to go deep last season. This is one that they really need to have work out here, and it was a clear effort this offseason to improve and just help stretch defenses this season here for Daniel Jones and the very effective running game they had last season. Hyatt was motioned inside and basically completely fooled the safety goal going back to the outside on just a really, it was essentially like a go route that he just flew out to the corner of the end zone with 33 yard touchdown grab safety. He created so much separation. The move that he had, it was like a, he like the way he threw his head. I honestly thought he was going inside, but then he just flew to the outside and he clearly fooled the safety on it. It was a beautiful touchdown in the back corner of the end zone. He brings a ton of speed along with what the Giants did with bringing in wide receiver Paris Campbell from Indy. Clear directive to improve just their deep threat ability with their skill players here. If he can work out and if Paris Campbell can stay healthy, that is an awful lot of speed for defenses to have to account for and a group that I'm really excited to watch start to grow and flourish here. But Jalen Hyatt, definitely one of those guys who's one to watch this season. As he continues his rookie season, I would not be surprised to see him if he's looking at, you know, 20, 30, 40 targets his first year with just how big his playmaking ability can be. And if he can catch on quick enough, don't be too surprised if he's making plays like this one here, because that was a phenomenal move to get himself open. And I mean, we're talking like three, four, five yards of separation between he and the safety when he ultimately made that catch. It was a beautiful play. If you did not see it, I highly recommend you go check it out. But those are some of my big takeaways from this past weekend slate of games. Make sure you comment down below your takeaways, your thoughts on my takeaways, any other big highlights and things that maybe I didn't discuss that you think need to be brought up. But that's it for me. I appreciate you if you made it to the end of the video. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.